What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 253 of the Spun Today podcast, and I am very happy to be recording this intro for you guys. It's not a completely brand new show, but it is a creative and hopefully enjoyable mashup of previous episodes, which I'll get into in a bit. But as I mentioned to you guys in the 2023 wrap-up show, or wrap-up episode rather, my family and I are going through a serious health issue right now, but we did receive positive and motivating news today, which kind of inspired me to whip this episode together for you guys that will be listening to it tomorrow and onward. Hopefully things continue at this pace and by next time I will have a complete new episode for you guys. But what I did with this episode is I took a segment of the podcast that I implemented for the first time around uh, episode 177, maybe a couple episodes prior to then. I started this new segment called Goats Doing Goat Shit. Goat being the acronym greatest of all time, G-O-A-T, doing goat shit is my version of kind of tipping the proverbial hat to goats within their respective industries or lanes that go above and beyond and do something that's admirable or just like really creative or dope or something that they otherwise wouldn't have to do that could have something to do with what it is that they do or it could be just something completely unrelated and i usually drop in like one or two of those when i have the goats doing goat shit segment Um, every few episodes. So what I did with this episode was grab a bunch of those and mash them up together for you guys to listen to them all in one place. In this mashup of the GOATS episode, you'll hear about Conor McGregor's Proper 12 deal, Rogan moving, making the move from LA to Austin, Rory and Maul's Stitcher deal, Issa Rae's uh, production deal with HBO, Kobe Bryant's body armor deal, and Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky's YMH deal with Stitcher. Stick around for all that good stuff. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm definitely going to create a few more from other excerpts of the Goats Doing Goat Shit segment. To me, they're motivating and inspiring stories and just cool and interesting. And I'd like to share it with you. But before we jump into the episode, here is a quick way that you can help support this show if you so choose. Another great way for you to help support the show and also take care of your foundational health is by going to spuntay.com forward slash support and clicking on my affiliate link for Athletic Greens, aka AG1. One scoop of AG1 in your water helps to fill nutrient gaps, promote gut health, and support whole body vitality. Just one serving delivers a comprehensive blend of nine products, a multivitamin, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and more, all of which work together for the strongest foundation for better health. I personally take AG1 and really appreciate the peace of mind of knowing that my foundational health bases are covered, even when I know I'm not eating as healthily as I should be. Also, by using my affiliate link at sponsoraid.com forward slash support, you will get one free year of vitamin D3, as well as five AG1 travel packs absolutely for free. Again, go to spuntate.com forward slash support and click on the banner for AG1. 
First up in Goats Doing Goat Shit. Mixed martial artist superstar Conor McGregor just sold his stake in the spirits company that produces proper 12 whiskey for $156 million to Beckel, which is the Mexican company that owns Jose Cuervo tequila. Here's how that story unfolded. In 2018, the company Beckel helped Conor McGregor and his manager, Audi Attar, with the financing to launch Proper 12 Whiskey. Keep that in mind. That's going to be important later. And I'll repeat it real quick. The company Beckel helped Conor McGregor and his manager, Audi Attar, with the financing to launch Proper 12 Whiskey. This was back three short years ago in 2018. And for those of you that don't know, Proper 12 Whiskey is a whiskey that Conor McGregor started. Uh, He purchased a distillery in Ireland, and it's named after uh, his uh, hometown where he grew up, etc. And he's been popularizing it using, you know, his stardom over the past three years. Within the realm of spirits, it's like a direct competitor to other Irish whiskeys like Jameson, for example, which is the leader in that space. Then after being launched, that same company, Beckel, purchased a 20% stake in this new whiskey company. Then they upped their stake to 49%. The other 51% owned by Connor, along with Audi Attar, who has some unknown percentage of that 51%. I don't know if he's just getting a management commission of that 51% or if he has some order, some other split that we're not aware of, that's not public, or at least that I wasn't able to find. And now that same company, Beckel, purchased the remaining 51% stake worth $156 million, which raised Conor McGregor's net worth to $278 million. Now, two things I want to touch on, aside from the obvious, impressive $156 million return on investment within three years, and you know, 156 minus whatever the dealings of that initial financing help that Beckel assisted in facilitating. One, it was an amazing, not amazing, it was a very savvy time for Connor to sell because he is fresh off the loss, knockout loss of Dustin Poirier. And he blew up this brand, this whiskey whiskey brand, on the strength of his persona, his invincible, I'm at the top of the heap within fighting, I'm a megastar, have no qualms about it braggadocio type persona that he has you know this is a guy that had a a fairly meteoric rise within the ufc was the first i believe the first two division champion he like was unstoppable until nate diaz but then continued on another run after that after avenging that loss to nate then was stopped obviously by khabib was so big of a persona that he finagled a professional boxing match with arguably one of the best boxers ever in history definitely one of the best defensive boxers in history with floyd mayweather and reportedly made over 100 million dollars just in doing that so he went from ufc to boxing lost there obviously back to ufc and in this lead up to the dustin fight which was the second fight that they had i covered it in previous episode uh conor mcgregor knocked out dustin uh the first time they fought as part of that meteoric rise that i just referenced and Dustin got the better of him and knocked him out very convincingly during this bout. But leading up to this, Connor was already like looking past Dustin. You know, after beating Dustin, he was negotiating a bout with a, another boxing match with Manny Pacquiao. 
so he has like this badass aura about him being able to you know traverse sports and you know just based on this marketing ability being able to warrant these huge money fights with other huge megastars and that's all part of his brand and his image and why the popularity of proper 12 aside from being like good business and him getting being able to to work into his dealings to get sponsorships to being being a sponsor of like ufc events being a sponsor of boxing events but it's all kind of sort of riding on that persona right so once dustin stopped him as convincingly as he did and it was via, via striking it was standing up he got knocked out I'm sure the negotiations with Pacquiao went out the window like that took the wind out of the sales of that wherein he then turned around and sold his remaining stake in proper 12 recognizing that I'm sure if he would have beat Poirier the hype behind the Pacquiao fight would have been as big as it was behind the Mayweather fight and if that was the case he wouldn't have sold proper 12 I believe and I've heard other folks say similar things, so I, it's definitely not an original thought, but I completely agree with that, with the logic behind that that statement. Because the branding underpinning that value would have increased with a win against Poirier and a hype behind a potential Pacquiao fight. So it was definitely savvy on his part to sell when he did. So kudos to Connor and Audi Attar for recognizing and executing on that. And the last thing I want to mention about the deal, how ill of a chess move is it from Beckel's standpoint? So Beckel is the Mexican company that owns Jose Cuervo Tequila. How ill is it of them to notice and seemingly having this calculated from the beginning to they go from assisting with the financing, putting Connor and his manager in touch with with whoever they had to put them in touch with to get the financing to start this proper 12 journey. Then they invest a 20% stake after launch. Once they see the returns on that, they increase their stake to 49%. All the while probably knowing that every dog has his day, right? When it comes to to sports, especially within the fight game. At which point from their perspective, and this is me speculating obviously, let's let this guy popularize this brand as much as possible, increase its value as much as possible. And when the time is right, we being their biggest partner in the deal, we'll give him an offer he can't refuse and buy him out. And we'll continue doing what we do, what we know how to do within the spirits game. And that's exactly what they did. They took that 49% stake and then bought out the remaining 51% when the time was just right. And that's Conor McGregor and Goats doing goat shit. Next up in Goats doing goat shit is Joe Rogan, my unofficial podcasting mentor, as I know he is for so many others within his orbit. So for those of you who don't know, Aside from being the host and creator of the largest podcast on the planet and someone who's been on a couple of syndicated shows since syndicated shows, as well as the a top tier and most popular commentator for the UFC, Joe Rogan is also a stand up comedian and arguably has been not arguably he was before all of that other stuff. It's his passion, his main thing to do. And he was a comedy store comic. The Comedy Store, for those of you that don't know, is the Comedy Mecca. It's the Comedy Club Mecca. Any and all comics worth their salt, that's where they want to be. That's where they want to get past. Especially on the West Coast, here on the East Coast, in New York specifically, they the closest to that is the Comedy Cellar. And there's actually a great documentary about the Comedy Store on Showtime that you all should check out. But in short, comedy has had always had like highs and lows 
over the years in terms of like its popularity, but the comedy store has always been a constant in terms of being that place, the place where the heavy hitters go. And Rogan was a comic there, uh, paid regular there, and there was this now infamous beef between him and Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia was a very popular comic back then, had like a Comedy Central uh, TV show, and he's known to be a joke thief. Like literally to the point where other comics would come up with ways to let other comics know by like turning on certain lights within the comedy store um, to let other comics know, yo, Carlos Mencia is here. Don't use your good material when you're on stage because they knew that he would just steal it and and write it off as, as his own. So Rogan being Rogan confronted him publicly on stage after like so many other comics were literally robbed by Mencia. And he did so on stage in a now infamous clip that I'll try to find and link to it within the episode notes if you guys want to check it out. But pretty much Carlos Mencia went on stage defending himself. Rogan was there on stage with him. And Brian Redband, which was the person that started the Joe Rogan Experience podcast with Joe Rogan um, as his uh, producer, uh, which is the role that Jamie has now filled. He was there recording it on like his cell phone, like recording the incident. That's why we have the footage. Long story short, at this confrontation and other comics being like, yes, finally, you know, somebody, you know, like stood up for us. There was a new management at the comedy store because Mitzi was already like elderly and, and ill. And Mitzi Shore, the person who started the, the comedy store, or actually not started rather because it was started by her husband, but who gained the comedy store from the divorce and made it to what it became. At this point in time, even though, you know, Rogan had his like uh, fear factor and news radio syndication money and stuff like that, he wasn't the like cultural icon that he is today, right? And he wasn't at, like as big of a comic. Meanwhile, Carlos Mencia was at the peak of its popularity. He was super popular around this time. And the comedy store management sided with Carlos Mencia. And this is even though, again, it was like a, a, a different management, but even though Rogan had, you know, been there for years and he himself like paid for like the sound system within the comedy store and and there's like other stories like that that have been corroborated and like he they were under like the same management apparently Rogan and and Mencia so it was like a big thing and his management even told Rogan that he should apologize to Mencia because Mencia is like the money maker for them or whatever quote unquote at that time uh Rogan made the decision to after telling them and he tells the story he's like after telling them, are you sure that you want to, in this situation, back someone who's knowingly stealing from other comedians? You want to back a thief in this situation? And he had like the backing of every single comic there. They said yes. They went with Mencia. Um, Rogan then decided to either his management dropped him or he fired his management immediately and he left the comedy store and vowed not to go back. That since obviously blew up in their management's face and, and the comedy store as well um because it became like a ghost town thereafter and again i wouldn't just attribute that to rogan um because like i I said before the you know comedy always has like ups and downs in terms of its popularity but i'm sure that that was a significant part of it because other comics followed to like the joey diaz's tom segura's etc but the comedy store is still the comedy store you know it's still the mecca of comedy and there was a comic by the name of ari shafir shout out to ari ari shafir skeptic tank check it out one of my favorite comics despite the Kobe fiasco. Ari Shafir, who started as a door guy 
at the comedy store, meaning working there like at the door to be able to get five minutes worth of stage time. Rogan used to take him and a lot of other door guys and people that worked at the comedy store um, on the road with him like to open for him. And after I think it was like seven years or so of Rogan never going back to the, to the comedy store. And during this time, the Joe Rogan podcast became or was on its way to becoming uh, what it is today. But what's already like wildly popular. Um, Ari Shafir had worked his way up from being a, do- uh, a door guy to, to obviously an, an opener and then middling and becoming a headliner. And he was getting to shoot his first comedy special. And he actually shot it at the comedy store. And he obviously like wanted uh, Rogan to be there, you know, being someone that, that was so impactful in his career. Carlos Mattia stole jokes from Ari as well, by the way. There's like back-to-back videos uh, of their jokes online that you can find. And Rogan made the decision for that, for such a special occasion to do so, to go back uh, for Ari. And he didn't want the like attention to be on him going back. So he went back like a couple days before uh, the actual shooting of the special, just to, you know, take the, I guess, like the attention away from him going back to the comedy store, away from him in time for when Ari shot his special. And then at that point, Comedy Store was under new management, which had previously, you know, for years tried to get Rogan to go back. Um, but this actually made him finally go back. And then by this point, the Comedy Store and comedy in general, largely attributed, by the way, to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast and all the comics that he had on there and, and telling comedy stories and stories of being on the road and stuff like that. Comedy was on the upswing again in terms of its popularity. But then it went to a point where... It just blew up and the comedy store and a lot of this is covered in the documentary as well was like on an idle tuesday completely packed lines around the block on any given night you can see 10 different headliners that you would normally pay hundreds if not thousands of dollars for doing 15 20 minute workout sets etc and sadly due to covid and all the shutdowns and like the uber regulations within California, specifically LA, it's been shut down ever since for like over a year with no like end in sight, even though like they tried the comedy store management because, you know, they serve food and stuff like that there. They tried to have it reopen, you know, do the whole outdoor thing, you know, through all the rules and regulations, following all of that and maybe have a stage outside, outdoors where folks could still perform comedy, but that wasn't allowed. And those strict, seemingly obtuse regulations that were imposed even when folks were following the rules and regulations on the books led folks like rogan to leave la and a lot of comics followed suit so rogan relocated to austin texas and is on a mission to starting a new comedy mecca if you will in austin because he doesn't want what was started and maintained for such a long time within the comedy store and in LA, uh, the LA comedy scene to die. Again, remember it's his passion. It was his, like his main thing to do before the podcast, before UFC, before all this other stuff. And he actually wants to open up a comedy club. And I've even heard him say like at cost and like not profit from it or whatever, which would be nuts and make zero business sense. But when you have fuck you money from Spotify, I guess it's not as much of a factor. <laughs> um, definitely one club maybe even two to have like a separate like workout club for like comics starting out um he definitely said at least two open mic nights 
and stuff like that and but anyway the dope thing is that like a lot of like comedy is beginning to happen because uh you know texas is like less restrictive and oh it's actually where dave chappelle in the segment that i had of goats doing goat shit with dave chappelle and the whole comedy central chappelle show thing um where that was shot at Stubbs barbecue that was a part of like shows that rogan and chappelle do together which sidebar like they they were doing pre-pandemic they were doing arenas together headlining arenas together stadiums together dave chappelle and joe rogan and the scene that he's establishing is, is such that chappelle who lives like remotely like in ohio somewhere is even considering moving to austin as well but we'll see if that happens i don't see that happening really but other comics that have moved to austin which makes this uh comedy scene even more likely more promising are brian redband tony hinchcliffe tom segura christina pozitsky tim dillon burke kreischer's on the fence he's a maybe joey diaz rogan offered to like buy him a house move his whole family all types of shit but joey actually moved out to here to the east coast back to jersey where he's from rogan's still holding out hope that after after a winter or two he's gonna say fuck this weather and and <laughs> move out to austin theo vaughn moved to nashville andrew schultz is currently in florida supposedly hippocrates is saying that it's for you know a couple months while it's cold in new york but we'll see but it's a lot of folks and a lot more that are supposedly going to make that move and it's going to be really interesting to see what rogan is able to build out there in austin texas and i'm excited for it i'm excited for comedy and can't wait to see what's going to be coming down the pike and that's joe rogan in goats doing goat shit first up in goats doing goat shit is rory and mall rory and mall i've spoken about here on the podcast in the past several different episodes especially during the uh joe budden podcast beef and breakup and stuff that they were a part of and then them going out on their own and creating their own uh podcast and putting out different types of content on youtube like uh comedic skits and just branching out when folks were kind of like, you know, they were, they were like the the B team or like the B players on the Joe Budden podcast and giving them like so much shit. And I'm not going to rehash all the details of that breakup. Uh, you guys that are interested in that can definitely go back and listen to the back catalog of the Sponsored podcast if you want my take on that stuff or just, you know, Google JBP Rory and Mall, and I'm sure you'll find tons of commentary on that situation. I'm here to big them up on their latest deal with Stitcher. So after Rory and Maul started their own podcast, people gave them shit, told them, you know, it'll have some hype in the beginning just because of all the attention that the breakup of the JBP podcast got. But they'll never go anywhere. You know, it'll be it'll flop, et cetera, et cetera. You know, haters doing and saying hater shit for no reason. Like, why? Like, why the fuck do you care? Why, why root for somebody else to fail? You don't have to root for somebody to win if you don't want to, but rooting for them to fail seems like an exercise in futility. It's like, put that energy towards something positive for yourself. I digress. Stitcher, which is now owned by SiriusXM, it's a subsidiary of Sirius, is like one of the largest pod catchers, podcast platforms like uh, Spotify, for example, like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher is another version of. Rory and Maul inked a rumored $10 million deal 
for their new podcast, The New Rory and Mall with Stitcher. Now, the details of the deal is, or entails rather, that The New Rory and Mall podcast will be, or was as of November 2nd, 2021, released through Stitcher's More Sauce label. But interestingly, with uh, Stitcher deals and others that I've heard mentioned and, and so on, that they're not exclusivity deals, which is interesting to me because I'm trying to figure out Stitcher's like angle on it. I guess it's just like a, a content type of thing. You know, you know what I mean? Like how Spotify took or had JBP's podcast, for example, at one point in time, it's exclusive. They have Joe Rogan's podcast that's exclusive. You can't listen to those podcasts anywhere else um, while they're within that window of exclusivity. For Stitcher, they signed this $10 million deal. They allow the show to be completely, you know, open. And the hosts, Rory Mall, still retain 100% ownership of their IP. They own 100% of the show. So it's like, and the show was on Stitcher before then as well, if I'm not mistaken. Just like Spun Today Podcast, is, it's on Stitcher, it's on Spotify, it's everywhere, right? It's wide. It's a wide show. So they're continuing to do the exact same thing. We just got a $10 million here. Hold that <laughs> validation to do so, which is dope, man. I love seeing that. I love seeing like the underdog have it their day and just break from the JBP, which I loved that show. I hated how it ended. Like most, most of us fans of the show did. Um, I still watch some episodes of JBP, some clips, but I've been liking the Rory and Mall content like more and more. I'm glad they've gotten tons of support. They were able to like hold on and grow their own audience and just create, like I said, different types of content and skits along with the the pod. That must be like super validating for them. As a fan, it's definitely uh, validating to see. But I definitely do have to look more into like the business aspect of that this type of podcast deal, which again, this is not the first one that I've heard that's like this, that have gotten like a podcaster that has gotten uh, some sort of deal with a podcatcher like Stitcher and that it does not include exclusivity. So I'm just curious what's in it from the perspective of Stitcher. Maybe it's a higher like advertising split within that uh, type of partnership. Maybe it's like a, you eat off of the advertising that you bring to the table type of thing. So if they bring 100% of the ads, if Stitcher does, if they bring 100% of the ads to the table, maybe they keep all of it. And over time, it adds up to more than the $10 million. I don't know. It's interesting. But it seems like a win-win. Shout out to Rory Mall in Goats Doing Goat Shit. Next up in Goats Doing Goat Shit is Madam Issa Ray. And yes, I added the Madam because that is some respect to her name. Issa Ray is a 36-year-old actress and executive producer, creator of... An HBO hit show, Insecure, which is dope, and it's in its fifth and final season, which I have to catch up on, by the way, and then give you guys a recap and breakdown of. But Issa Rae is featured in Goats Doing Goat Shit here on the Spunt Today podcast because her label, Hooray, nigga, Hooray, what's that from? That's from a dance from like a Little Wayne song. It's a new day, we the champions, nigga, Hooray. Anyway. <laughs> but it's spelled who h-o-o ray r-a-e like hooray as in like yay hooray but r-a-e is how you spell Issa ray's last name so it's pretty cool alliteration there um she has signed a new five-year contract with warner media now previously she signed up for like a two-year deal for insecure she re-signed for uh, another three seasons after that 
And now she signed like a wide five-year deal with Warner Media, valued at $40 million. $40 million. Let me get a round of applause for Issa Rae. That's fucking amazing. And now the what the deal gives HBO, see, this one kind of makes sense to me because I can see it from both sides. Issa gets the bag and, you know, her uh, production company, obviously. But H- what HBO gets is HBO, HBO Max, and Warner Brothers uh, Television has exclusive rights to Issa Rae's work in TV. So she can't put out like a TV show anywhere else. And they have a first look film deal, which means they got... Like the first right of refusal, they can pass, you know, if she creates a movie, um, they can pass on it and then she could sell it somewhere else. Um, but they have the first look film deal that spans Warner Media, um, all of its brands, including Warner Brothers Pictures Group, New Line, and HBO Max. So I see the skin in the game from the HBO perspective in this deal. Uh, but it's awesome, man. It's, I love that fucking come up. And Hooray, Issa Rae's production company, already had at least like 15 different projects in various stages of development within HBO anyway. So it's awesome to get, again, validated in that way, paid for what it is that you're doing, what you're creating, what you're producing, what you love to do. And she actually turned down a previous deal. And she was like on a on a Breakfast Club interview. And Charlamagne was like, why'd you, why'd you turn down? It was a multi-million dollar deal, the one before, right? And she was like, yeah, but you know, the number just wasn't right. And I love that. I love hearing that. I love creatives taking hold and ownership and just like objective acknowledgement of saying no like i know that's a lot of money but that's not what this is worth you know what i mean it's like if somebody offers you 10 million dollars for something but you know that something is worth 100 million it's like people could get lost in that 10 million and you're like no yeah i know of course 10 million is a lot of money but i'm selling this at 10 percent of what the fucking value is like that's not the value and i know that value when it comes to like creative things are subjective and and aren't as practical and like tangible as like like a fixed item or a good but to have that level of confidence in what it is that you're doing and acknowledgement of like the what you put into it and what you expect to get out of it and sticking to your guns and then having that validated with all right you're right you know hbo come back saying yeah you're right it's worth a lot more than that here's 40 million it's like what it's fucking amazing and Issa's come up, you know, from before Insecure that, you know, the fact that she started with her, uh, just creating content on YouTube with a series called Awkward Black Girl back in 2011. And then that, you know, gaining uh, like attention online and her getting the Insecure deal in the first place. And then just like blooming into into this and having her own production company that's into like a bunch of different things, whether it's movies, TV, music, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is just like the cherry on top. It's awesome to see. And the dopest part is that that YouTube channel that she started back in 2011, she's still also creating different content and allowing folks to create content within that channel and still supporting like that channel. You know, I have this like block above like my little bookshelf here that's next to me that I've had for years and look at it from time to time. You know, I have it like staring at me, so it's easy to when you see something every day, not look at it every single day, but it's like literally right there in my face. But it says, when you get there, remember where you came from. And I love like the sentiment behind that. And I feel that doing things like that, like her still 
creating within her YouTube channel and stuff like that, even though she's at this $40 million creative space level is just a testament to that. When you get there, remember where you came from. Congratulations again to Issa Rae and Goats doing goat shit. And last but not least, in Goats doing goat shit, I got one last and final goat to big up during this segment, which is Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to one of my favorites, my personal goat that I've you know spoken about in the past on this podcast, especially during uh, the time of his tragic passing. Uh, but one of the deals that I have mentioned, again, uh, specific to Kobe is one of his business deals, which was an investment in body armor. It was a deal where he invested $6 million and he had a 10% ownership stake in the body armor company. And it's a like a Gatorade competitor uh, type of drink. They're a sponsor of like the UFC and that $6 million deal, you know, proved lucrative because the company, you know, grew some. And now in a goats doing goat shit from the grave, again, RIP, God bless the dead, to Kobe Bryant, that move is still paying huge dividends coca-cola purchased body armor and that six million dollar ten percent investment in the company body armor that kobe had the foresight him and his you know financial people around him obviously had the foresight of becoming a part of that six million dollar investment post coca-cola purchasing them has become a four hundred million dollars and what's dope is that when it initially proved to be a lucrative deal for Kobe after that initial $6 million investment was in 2018 when Coca-Cola bought a 15% stake in the company and he made millions off that. But now in November of 2021, Coca-Cola bought the remaining 85% stake of the company for $5.6 billion, billion with a B. The dopest cherry on top is that Coke announced the purchase at exactly 8.24 a.m. to commemorate the two jersey numbers that Kobe wore during his NBA career. How awesome is that? Let me get a round of applause for Kobe Bryant. And that, folks, is Goats doing goat shit. Goats doing goat shit. This episode's honor goes to the YMH Stitcher deal. For those of you who don't know, for the uninitiated, YMH stands for Your Mom's House, aka the podcast of hosts Tom Segura, hilarious comic who I've spoken about in the past here on the Spun Today podcast related to his uh, stand-up specials, and his wife, also hilarious comic, Christina Pazitsky. Give me a round of applause for those two, damn it. So Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky are the hosts of the Your Mom's House podcast. They're also the creators of the YMH, Your Mom's House, Studios Podcast Network. And they signed an exclusive multi-year distribution and development deal with SiriusXM and its Stitcher subsidiary. Stitcher is the podcast platform, which was purchased by SiriusXM. That's how they Sirius made their like podcast play by purchasing Stitcher, which was one of the, the biggest uh, podcatchers after obviously Apple and Spotify. But this is what the deal encompasses. Their long running comedy show, Your Mom's House, which is their main podcast. The uh, Two Bears, One Cave podcast, which is Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer. The Dr. Drew After Dark podcast with Dr. Drew Pinsky. 
and the parenting podcast, Where's My Mom At? with Christina P. Now, what's so cool is that, you know, they started their podcast many years ago and they since, you know, grew it into their own like live shows for your mom's house. And then they have like pay-per-view situations going on as well. You know, it's it's kind of like a dialing show as well. Sometimes they have like segments of that. They have like wild, crazy fucking weird people like from the internet on there. <laughs> um, but, you know, they have guests and do interviews and stuff like that, which is, which is really cool. And they grew that into this network of podcasts, like the ones I just listed, with a staff. And as part of this deal, that staff is now being integrated into Stitcher's podcasting staff, where they're going to continue to produce the Your Mom's House uh, podcast, as well as the other slate of podcasts. And also as part of this new relationship, according to this uh, article released by NASDAQ, as well as Variety, which I'll link to in the episode notes for your reference in case you guys want to check it out and flesh out a, a few more of the details. As part of this new relationship, uh, your mom's house studios plans to work with the podcast teams at SiriusXM, Pandora, and Stitcher. Oh yeah, Pandora is also part of that mix. You know, it's owned by, by Sirius. And they're going to work with uh, those platforms on the, the development of additional content to be accessible across multiple platforms. Now, what I couldn't find is how much they got paid can't fucking find that it's an undisclosed amount uh i did find out like what's in it for stitcher remember how when i did the rory and mall stitcher deal the uh, goats segment for them again same company you know it was a 10 million dollar deal but you know they maintain ownership the podcast still goes out to all other platforms etc this your mom's house deal it's again same situation they have their complete ownership of, of everything of all their ip their podcast etc just a distribution deal with Stitcher, but the folks that pay for Stitcher Premium, which is like $5 a month or something like that, they'll get the slate of podcasts ad-free. So I guess it's like incentive for their paid subscribers. That's what like Stitcher and Sirius ultimately is getting out of that deal. But I really want to know how much they got paid. They just said it was a quote, a lot of money. <laughs> um, but what's dope is that you know, Tom, Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski, they're from, they're within like Rogan's orbit, right? And I love the story of, of like the arc of this story of getting from where they were to where they're at now of, you know, just being road comics, but kind of like blowing up by being like on Rogan's podcast and stuff like that. Tom Segura specifically, there was a, there's a funny story that they retell all the time where Segura went on jre early on when again rogan was like doing it like from his house or whatever did you know did the show and then he's like leaving and he tells i think it was red band outside he was like yo what the fuck is joe doing like what what is this talking on the internet thing like shit's fucking weird is he is he all right is he like hard of for money or you know what i mean like he was like what the fuck like i'll like i did it you know whatever it was cool to hang out but what the fuck is he doing what is this and fast forward from that to rogan convincing him to start his own podcast which he did with with his wife and you know fast forward to this very very likely because it's bigger than like rory mall's podcast tens of millions of dollars deal my speculation tens of millions of dollars deal with stitcher that's just another round of applause is in order that's just absolutely awesome and that folks is the YMH Stitcher deal. Shout out and congratulations to Tom Segura and Christina P in this iteration of goats doing goat shit. 
And that, folks, was episode 253 of the Sponsor Day podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this mashup rendition of the goats doing goat shit segment of the Sponsor Day podcast. If you did, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I have a specific playlist where I have all of these clips and excerpts of prior goats doing goat shit segments. You'll get all the ones that you listened to in this episode and a bunch of others from other episodes. Check out the at Spun Today YouTube channel and look for the goats doing goat shit playlist. Thank you all, as always, for taking the time to listen. Really means a lot. Here are a few ways you can help support this show if you so choose. I'll check you guys out next time. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying the Spun Today podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few ways you can help support the show. You can support the Spun Today podcast financially by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you will find a couple different ways that you can do just that, some of which will actually not even cost you a dime, such as using my Amazon affiliate link. When you go to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll see my affiliate link to Amazon. Click on it and it will take you to Amazon's website where you can do your shopping like normal. This will not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will pay me for driving traffic to their website. If you'd like to support the podcast more directly, you can do so by becoming a patron at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You'll also find my Patreon link. This is where creators such as myself can be paid directly by patrons like you. You can either make a one-time donation or schedule recurring donations if you so choose. There are also different tiers of support, and depending on which you decide to go with, you'll also receive some perks in return, such as early access to content, free digital copies of my books, free bookmarks, etc. That is, again, by supporting via my Patreon link, available at spuntoday.com forward slash support. Similar to Patreon, at that same location, you'll also find my Ko-fi link as well as my Buy Me A Coffee link. They work very similar to Patreon and are different ways that you can help support the show financially. And last but certainly not least, you have the good old-fashioned PayPal donation button. Any which way that you choose to support is greatly appreciated. It all helps me do more of what I love, which is writing and podcasting. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also support the Spun Today podcast by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you're listening to this episode. I'd really appreciate it because it really does help. Also, follow me on all socials at Spun Today on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram, and at Spun Today on YouTube, where you'll not only find the full-length episodes of the podcast, but also chopped up clips and additional content. And of course, you can follow the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Another way you can help support the Spun Today podcast and also upgrade that stale wardrobe of yours is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support and clicking on the banner for Stitch Fix. Once you do, you'll enjoy a $25 discount to your first purchase. And the way Stitch Fix works is pretty cool. I use it and I've never been disappointed. You'll set up a profile, you'll put in all the sizes for your clothes, as well as all the different brands and types of clothes that you like to wear. It's really simple and intuitive to set up. They'll show you pictures and pretty much give you a thumbs up or thumbs down option on if you would wear something or not. And you get to select all the brands that you already are used to wearing. With this information, their thousands of passionate, trend-setting stylists will curate a Stitch Fix box for you. 
They'll send you five items that you get to preview before they mail it to you, and you'll get to select based on the image if you like it or not. If not, they'll replace it with something else, and if so, they'll mail it to you absolutely for free. You can try everything on, and you have a few days to send everything back or keep the stuff that you wanna keep. Then you can use that $25 credit that I mentioned towards your purchase of those items. Again, to freshen up your wardrobe and also support the Sponsor Day podcast, go to sponsorday.com forward slash support and click on my affiliate link banner for Stitch Fix and enjoy your $25 credit. Do you want to start your own podcast? Have a great show idea that you want to get out into the masses, but don't know quite how to get it from your head out into the world? Well, here's how. Use the podcast host, Lipson. That's who I use to bring the Sponsor Day podcast to you. And now you can use them the same way. Using the promo code SPUN, S-P-U-N, you can open up your Lipson account today and get two months of free podcast hosting. Here's how it works. Once you record your show, you upload it to your Lipson account, where you can fill in your episode notes, upload your podcast art, and schedule when you want your episodes to release. Once you do that, Lipson will take care of the rest. They'll distribute your show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and all the other podcatchers that you choose instantaneously and seamlessly. Again, go to Lipson.com and use the promo code SPUN, S-P-U-N, to get two months free. Or use the affiliate link that's in the episode notes. Again, that's Lipson.com, promo code SPUN. Take that great podcast idea from out of your head and put it out into the world. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.